Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I like parsley. Parsley's nice. I like flat leaf parsley, Italian parsley, fluffy, curly leaf parsley. Parsley's just cilantro that doesn't know how to party, though. <laughs> That's really all it is. Life 107.1. So you want to take your family out for Easter dinner over the Easter weekend, mm-hmm. right? So we chose the classic Easter location of On the Border. Sounds about right. I love on the border, mm-hmm. ton of fun. They had great service. They seated us as soon as they could. It was very busy. And so we all sit down and I find exactly what I want on the menu. And our lovely server comes over and he's taking everybody's orders and he comes to me. And I said, I would like this without cilantro. Because you famously are not a fan of cilantro. There's really only two foods, maybe three, that I just cannot. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Spam oysters or anything slithery like that and cilantro can't do it don't yeah. do it don't i can't i you wish that but no gene that makes it taste like soap thank you that is it's biological it's, it's biological science. yeah it's just science taylor yeah so he looks at me and he says no cilantro and i said yeah i i realize that it's a burrito bowl with cilantro lime rice <laughs> I realize that, but can I said, can you make the rice with no cilantro? Just like and he rice? Just, he just looks at me and I said, is there any other kind of rice that you have? And he says, how about Mexican rice? I said, yes, that doesn't have cilantro in it. And he says, no. And it was lovely. And I'm sorry that people like you exist because I'll put cilantro on anything. I know. I feel like so many things get better when you put but cilantro Taylor, on them. But you do realize I would love to love cilantro. But I, I, I know. can't. Well, you know, you just need to work harder, Jen. I know it's science, but it's I think... go against my body chemistry. I think if you worked harder at it, you could change your body chemistry. Oh, really? I think that sounds oh, wow. scientific. Taylor, tell me, how do you feel about cilantro? I love it so much. I, I think this might be the biggest disagreement between the two of us. Like, the widest chasm between our opposing opinions. But this is also because of science. I have a gene... That makes cilantro taste like soap to me. This is a recognized scientific fact. You don't have it. So really, with people, they either love cilantro or they really don't care for cilantro. And that's almost enough for me to forgive you for disliking (laughs) one of the greatest herbs and spices known to man. Oh, my. How do you feel about cilantro, Paul? I like cilantro. And for the first time this year on Super Bowl Sunday, I figured I make pizza for everyone on Super Bowl Sunday and I made it. Two pieces with cilantro on it, and it was a smashing hit. Oh, you made man. pizza with cilantro on it? What what kind of pizza are we talking here? Oh, I make supreme pizza. It's homemade. Everything's homemade. Yeah. Why? Why would you put cilantro on a perfectly good piece of pizza? Oh, it's because it's all those savory no! and salty tastes, and then cilantro you put in the... Cilantro on pizza? That sounds great. That's terrible. It, it was an experiment, and it was a hit. No. Well, you. I'm glad I did. It you was only a, a hit with some people. You're a successful food scientist, and don't let Jen tell you, you otherwise. You did not offer any to me because it would not have been a hit with me. I don't think Jen would even notice if I wasn't saying. I don't think she would notice. Yes, I would. It tastes like <laughs> awful, disgusting Life Boy soap. Not even Irish Spring. I'm talking about like the cheap, nasty old soap. It's this like to me. It's this refreshing, exciting. I like part. Parsley. Parsley's nice. I like parsley. Mm-hmm. I like flat leaf parsley, Italian parsley, fluffy, curly leaf parsley. Parsley's just cilantro that doesn't know how to party, though. 
That's really all it is. Tim, what are your thoughts on the whole cilantro discussion? Cilantro, 100% tastes like dish soap. Thank you! Man, it you- must be so hard to be you. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. My wife loves it. And uh, I just can't do it. How do y'all work that out? Um, I just don't eat a lot of stuff that she makes. Uh, <laughs> wow. If it has cilantro in it. I love she just keeps making it with cilantro. She, she still makes it with the cilantro, and you're like, guess I'm having goldfish for dinner tonight. <laughs> Hot dogs, mac and cheese, you know. It ends up being kind of a fend for yourself evening. You know, I, <laughs> she just looks at everybody and says, I don't know what you're going to eat, but I'm eating cilantro tonight. <laughs> I think this might need to be a new screening question for all sorts of things. We are finding conflicts and difficulties that happen when uh, someone who loves cilantro and someone who doesn't love cilantro find themselves in a loving relationship with (laughs) one another. How'd that go for you, Karen? I despise cilantro. I like you, Karen. You're a smart lady. In fact, I end up marrying into the Asian culture. Oh, you know their food has cilantro. A lot of cilantro in Asian cuisine. Karen, how do you do it? Um, Thankfully, over the last three years, they've actually started to pull some of that off to the side for me and give me my small portion without cilantro. They love you. Or they tolerate you. Thank you. It's science, Karen. (laughs) You have a different genetic makeup. You just have the sad gene. I had no idea that that was even a thing. I just thought it's because I didn't grow up with it. No, no. (laughs) I'm telling you, look it up. This is science. You have an extra gene. It makes us taste cilantro like soap. Yes, it does. I hope I've helped you this morning, Karen. Oh, it's been enlightening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a first. That's what we're here for. That's most people listen to Taylor and Jen and say, oh, I'm enlightened. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Now, along with being an uplifting radio station, sometimes we have to be on the on the front lines and we yeah. have to tell you important news. The hard hitting news of the day. Forewarned is forearmed. So you yeah. need to know this. That's what I say all the time. You don't. You've never heard me say that before. OK, so here's the deal. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you sitting down? Because this is a biggie. We've dealt with shortages. We all can hearken back to a year ago, the shortage of toilet paper. Yeah. And then there was a shortage of yeast and then there was a shortage of clorox wipes we have dealt with shortage after shortage in the last year but this one this is personal this is this is tough there's a shortage of ketchup yeah restaurants like they they can't buy enough ketchup the the ketchup price for the packages have increased like 13 percent taylor what? There is now a gray market for ketchup yeah. packets. People are selling ketchup packets on eBay. <laughs> eBay for a ketchup packet. There is a ketchup shortage. Got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, there's a ketchup shortage. Why? Someone is using too much ketchup. Mm-hmm. We're, we're asking you to rat out the ketchup overuser in your life. Um Turns out, maybe the call is coming from inside the house. Uh-oh. And uh, my own family. <gasps> is it to blame for this? Who? What? Where? How? I just got a text from my mother. Hi, Jackie. Saying that my nephew, Micah. He's two. Well, he's to blame for using too much ketchup. What does Micah put ketchup on? He uh, he dips his grapes in them. What? <laughs> dips grapes inside ketchup. Yeah. Micah, it's all your fault. You're making sure we don't have enough ketchup facing 
a ketchup shortage yeah. around the world. Now, the good news is that Heinz says they're working really hard to try to backfill the need. But in the meantime, turns out my own nephew oh. is working hard to keep the supply short. Two-year-old Micah. He's dipping his grapes in ketchup. <laughs> That's so gross. So I think he's definitely to blame. But Jana, you, you've got someone else that you want to tell on? I'm actually going to tell on a whole age demographic. Oh, well, yeah. A whole age demographic. Yeah, I think we could blame every single toddler. <laughs> because they'll say put ketchup on fingers and toes <laughs> and anything else that they can dip in it. It's true. If you give a toddler ketchup, they will wear it. Let's not blame just Micah. Let's blame Micah and everyone like him. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna. Somebody in your life needs to be told on for what they put ketchup on? Yes, my son drinks it. He drinks uh, what? Jenna. He drinks it. He doesn't even put it on anything. He'll drink it. Wait, what? Do, I'm like, sorry. Does Help he go me. straight Help from the bottle? Or are, we, or are we pouring it into a glass? Yeah, what's going on here? Like little packets. He'll just open them up and just down them? Yeah, they also do that with creamer, too. Uh, okay, my brother and sister and I used to do that with creamer. We would go to restaurants and open up the little containers and drink it, pretend we were doing a tea party. Oh my yep, that was, that's the first thing. When we sit down at a restaurant, I have to take the creamer away <laughs> and the ketchup. <laughs> I think I might be a fuddy-duddy. A fuddy-duddy? Yeah, I think I might be stodgy and mm. set in my ways and not very open-minded. Wow. I think I might be getting old. That's quite an admission there. I know. Because there's something in our refrigerator here at work, and it kind of offends me. It offends you. Yeah, I opened up the refrigerator, and I saw one of my favorite things in the world mm -hmm. is Anderson Erickson cottage cheese. Yeah, un until you've had that, you haven't had cottage <sighs> cheese. They've done something to it. Okay. You've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, no. it caught my eye right away because it was the, a different color container. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what What did they do to my Anderson Erickson Cottage cheese. Well, it's garden vegetable Anderson Erickson cottage cheese. And it's got like it's got veggie chunks in there, right? Yeah. And so, Luann thinks it's all fantastic and awesome and wonderful I'm, and everything. And I'm like, um, you know, why do people do that to these fantastic originals? I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> curious about it. Why do people I feel always like have I might like this? Do we remember some of the things that have happened? When companies have tried to improve on the original. Sometimes it doesn't go great. Sometimes you come up with something way better, though. They don't ask me if they can improve on the original. <laughs> they don't. They didn't consult you at Anderson Erickson, did they? No. We've got in our fridge here at Life 107.1 a, a canister container of Anderson Erickson cottage cheese, which I love cottage cheese, and I love Anderson Erickson old-fashioned cottage cheese. And then they went and they did stuff to it. They I mean, put they, vegetables in yeah, it. Yeah, they have a garden veggie. I think they have a peppercorn ranch Which one now that I saw a picture of. Good. I had no idea this was happening. I don't know how I feel about it because often when people try to improve on the original, it falls flat. Well, Paul knows how he feels. To me, it's just too many choices out there anymore. And I'm sticking with Jen on the cottage cheese. I like the old-fashioned cottage cheese. I mean, I remember when we had one kind of milk, and I think it was the red kind. The red And now how many different kinds of milk we Seriously. have? We have so many milks. I didn't know you could milk an almond. I know. You know, how many almonds do they have to squeeze to get a gallon of milk out? For real. I just can't believe it. I'm sticking to the original milk, too. Okay.
All right. So in life, you have the originals, mm-hmm. and then you have the improvements that are tried to be made on the originals. Sometimes it goes great. But sometimes I worry about the integrity of the original. Why try to improve on something that's perfection, like Anderson Erickson Cottage Cheese? Melody says she has something that actually was an improvement. Chili cheese Fritos. Chili oh, cheese? yes. Those Fritos. are way better than original <laughs> Cheetos. No! Yes, they are. are. Yes, they are. Oh, no. They leave a coating on your tongue. You don't put them on your tongue. You put them on your chili. Yeah, but you still have to eat them with your tongue, Taylor. Okay. That's all I wanted. I'm on your side. You don't want to get in the middle of a fight with us? Come on, Melody. I am 100% on your side, Melody. We could be friends. Okay. These are some of my favorite moments in life. Oh, yeah. I love laughing. I know. Big shock to you. (laughs) But when you start giggling... When it's not appropriate and you just can't stop and the tears roll and you breathe heavy and I mean, it's just like starts rippling out over the people next to you. I love that. We were at church. It was a Christmas special and there was a live nativity scene and there were goats and there was a lady who was singing. I think she's like 19 or 20. And every time she sang, the goat would, like, try to sing with her. And, yes, everybody in the church was laughing. But they stopped laughing after a while because they saw that she was uncomfortable. I could not stop laughing. I felt horrible. Every time the goat was bleeding, I was laughing. It was really bad. I had to apologize to her every time I've seen her since. (laughs) Please tell me she wasn't singing like Silent Night. I cannot remember, but yeah, especially when she hit the high notes, that goat was just having a ball. Jolene, do you have a story of uncontrollable giggles? I do, and I was in so much trouble with my husband. Perfect. So my daughter was one. We went into the house, and I asked him if he would go upstairs and turn on a light so I could take her up to bed. So he goes upstairs. All of a sudden, I hear this high, high pitched scream, and then I hear boo, 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 boo. He had fallen down the stairs. <laughs> he slammed the door shut. Oh. And I'm like, what? And he's like, there's a bat upstairs. And <laughs> I just start giggling and giggling. And the more I laughed, the more he got mad at me. So, of course, I laughed even more. Yep. <laughs> he, I was in so much trouble that night. <laughs> I, I would just break out giggling all of a sudden. Hey, you fell down the stairs because of a bat. Ha, no. ha, ha. It was more it was more the high pitched scream. Well, yeah, there's that. Do you have a story of uncontrollable giggles? When my sister and I were younger, we were in the middle of mass and my dad has these ridiculously loud sneezes and we're just accustomed <laughs> to them. Mm-hmm. But the little old lady in front was not. And she he just sneezed and she jumped up, turned around, her hands on her heart, she's breathing heavy, like we just did a popgun behind her. <laughs> and we're all with our heads down, like trying not to snort laugh so hard. Snort <laughs> she laugh. just probably had a mini heart attack. <laughs> snort laugh. Oh man. Jen knows a thing or two about snort laughs. It's not your fault. They're uncontrollable. You get the uncontrollable giggles at an unfortunate time, and we are unstoppable and laughing with you. The night before my grandmother was supposed to have her third open-heart surgery, my mom, my aunt, and I went in and said, you know, Mom, Grandma, what can we help you with? And she said, I'd really like my hair washed before tomorrow because she wasn't going to be able to shower for a while after her surgery. 
So we tried to get her into the hospital bathroom. We got her head under the sink, and she was at such an awkward angle because of her IV that we started giggling. And then when she said, girls, I'm so happy to have a catheter, we lost it. And the nurses had to come along the cardiac ward unit and shut the door to our, our um, hospital room. Too much joy in the cardiac ward. I just want to start off by saying this story is sad. Because it includes wasted peanut butter. You were sad. I should be sad. It's wasted peanut butter. Did you hear those words? Uh, I, I did. I did hear those words. And one those are... does not waste peanut butter without being at least slightly sad. Especially if one's name is Jen. Yeah, you know how I feel about my peanut butter. So I have the same breakfast pretty much every morning. I make overnight oats in little mason jars. Mm-hmm. They're so cute, and like you do when you're at work, you warm things up in the office microwave, and I. I like to add peanut butter and bananas to my oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. I look forward to it every day because I look forward to eating. So I pull my little mason jar out of the microwave and I start walking out of the kitchen and I stick my spoonful of peanut butter down inside of it to stir it all up. And all of a sudden, and I mean this, it was like all of a sudden, the bottom falls out of my mason jar. Have you ever heard of anything like this? The like- bottom literally just went... Like just the glass separated from glass. There was no shards. There were no pieces. It was two. It was the piece that I was holding in my hand and the piece that was lying on the floor in the midst of all of my freshly warmed peanut butter oatmeal. And that was when I heard it. I screamed. It was the loudest, (laughs) most emotion-filled scream I have heard. Yeah, well, one would have never known because... Sarah, my friend at the front desk, (laughs) Sarah got up and came around the corner immediately to see what I had screamed at. And then when she saw what I screamed at, she actually started to laugh. Because that's how Sarah does. Meantime, I was just. You didn't do anything. Well, I was was sitting here making sure that the next song was going to play. I screamed. We got to play Mercy Me. I screamed and you did nothing. You did nothing. You sat in that chair. And then when I came walking in, you were like, what was that all about? I, I'm you like, know, you don't care. I had a very important tweet to post, Jen. <laughs> oh, is that literally you were tweeting? Just while heard I was a screaming? scream. Hashtag too blessed to stress. No, I wasn't tweeting. <laughs> I do need to apologize, Jen. I'm sorry for not coming to your aid when you screamed at the top of your lungs because your oatmeal broke. My my mason jar, the bottom fell out. It was literally two pieces. Like the one that I was holding, the mm-hmm. one that was sopping on the ground with my peanut butter banana oatmeal. And it just happened so suddenly and it made such a giant splash everywhere that I screamed. You just sat in that chair. You didn't do nothing. But here's the reason why I didn't was because of science. Oh my. Science! How does science get you out real, of this? A real scientific excuse, I promise you. Oh boy. There was a scientific study done. I read about this on the internet, so it's true. Oh yeah. They had a group of people just listen to a bunch of screams. Okay. Like, literally, you sit in the room and they play screams for you and they say, what emotion is in that scream? 
Is the person afraid? Are they excited? So there's different kinds of screaming. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, like your scream when you dropped your oatmeal. There's like Darth Vader when he realizes he's Darth Vader. That was a scream. Like there's all kinds of different screams. And they found that most people cannot tell the difference between a scream of terror and a scream of excitement. Well, mine was neither. <laughs> well, I still couldn't tell what it was, so I decided to sit and just just wait. Mine was a see scream what it was. over probably a scream of surprise, but it was also sadness over wasted peanut butter. My point is I couldn't really tell what the emotion was, so I thought I'd just hunker down and wait it out. See see how oh, things shook out. Oh, that makes it sound so much better, That's- Taylor. <laughs> If you ask a scientist, they'll tell you, you can't tell the difference. You hear a scream, and it could be joy, could be terror, and apparently, in a study, the people who were taking this study couldn't tell the difference between screams of joy and screams of fear. Yeah, well, they never met a super mom like Lydia. I have six children from the ages of 10 to 2 months. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I can tell the difference in all of their cries from a room away. From a room away. Wow. At least, yes. I can tell who it is and most generally what's going on and what they need. (laughs) You are super mom. Super mom. So give us an example of some of the types of screams and cries. Oh, well, there's my brother's picking on me. (laughs) Yeah, naturally. (laughs) You know, that's, that's a classic one. And then there's... I hurt myself. Somehow that's different than somebody else hurt me. (laughs) And then there's, I'm hungry. Always hungry. I like to scream when I'm hungry. Absolutely. I mean, we can understand that. Yeah. Every mom and grandmom that just heard Lydia describe that, they're all tracking with it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There were 33 other babies born when Piper was born Mm -hmm. at Mercy. I'm a brand new mom. I walk down and I'm standing outside the little nursery window looking at all those babies. I could hear her cry. So what you're telling me is this scientific study was done mostly among men. (laughs) Must be. Bunch of dudes are like, I don't know what that's all about. It started as a scream of surprise, but it ended in a scream of sadness. My mason jar exploded and my overnight oatmeal with peanut butter and bananas went flinging everywhere all over the carpet outside the studio. And I screamed and Sarah came to my rescue and Taylor sat in that chair right there and didn't even move. And when I finally came into the studio after cleaning up, he was like, what happened? That That's my response. Like, didn't you hear me scream? I screamed. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Listen, John's got my back here. I think over time, depending on who the screamer is, you become desensitized to it. Do tell. What are you saying? When you have your first kid, yeah. right, and they end up screaming, you go run into their aid to make sure they're okay. Uh-huh. Very true. It's two, three, four... Somebody screams or bonks their head, you're like, ah, they'll be okay. (laughs) There are screamers in my life that that when I hear that scream anymore, I don't make a peep. I don't move. So, Taylor, I'm backing you up on this one. So you can tell the difference between a scream of not so important of an emotion and a scream of terror or pain. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like if I heard John screaming, I'd assume it was probably a big deal. (laughs) It it very well could be. (laughs) But not me. If John screams, it's a big deal. But when Jen screams, it's not a big deal. I've never heard John (laughs) scream. I hear you scream on a regular basis.
Okay. Yeah, you, <laughs> I really don't have anything to say. You were going to try and fight it, and you realized you couldn't. <laughs> Man. You're just the woman who screamed oatmeal. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.